prize. I want the prize. I'm not fucking around. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, beer man? Your brain, beer man. <laughs> I don't have a brain because it's like all the beer. The beer kills the, the beer. brain. The beers. Fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> nice to meet you, Fal. Nice to meet you too. You guys ever met? No, no, I don't think so. This is our first interaction. Now I'm fucking pissed. Who's up by noon? Who likes it when they get doomed? Let the tippy licky and the nippy twisty. It's Epicase. Six is the fix. Get flicked and shimmer like the twinkles. It's night all day, it's day all night. Welcome, peeps. Who dig the figgy biggy wiggy? It's the sixth episode of the official party of the Slow Funk Pump Show. The Slow Funk Pump Party. With Chef and Slow from the show and Beer Man of Got Gog's Mag Radio. You looking for CO2? Me. Plastic from a stockpile somewhere just a few galaxies away. And just like you, I always tune it to the blappers party on the face of the poopy. When were you last doomed? Chef, when were you last doomed? And by that we mean when were you last doomed into poop, of course. That was probably, I must have been 20 or 21. I went skinny dipping in Biscayne Bay. It was like nine o'clock. One with a girl over there, and we uh, we skinny dipped, but it was at night, so you know, yeah, I don't think anyone saw the goods, but if they did, you know, good for them. So, how far out did you go? The Biscayne Bay gets deep quick, not too far out because it was by um, it was by Key Biscayne, so it was like we went down after the toll and then like that first beach, and uh, and we so it was there. beach access, you weren't just uh, it was be, yeah, it was beach access, yeah. or jumping in from like a hotel. And- and you didn't get eaten by a saltwater crocodile. Yeah, I was lucky. Now, did you guys do anything weird in there? Did you make out? <laughs> well, yeah, oh, actually, that night, yeah, we probably did. Didn't do anything? Yeah. But not during the skinny dipping. No, no, no. Because I'd be worried. You build up a little too much heat in that water, and you're right. The crocs can start coming at you. Yeah. They sense it a mile away. Well, that was uh, almost 20 years ago, so that was like probably, uh, it, it wasn't as hot as it is now. Now we have a sauna in the beach. Now, did you notice any dead cocaine dealers floating by? And <laughs> Now nah, they were picked up by then. Yeah. Or just random bags of airplane drop cocaine. If that were the case, I'd live in a bigger house. You're Tom Cruise, motherfucker. Beer man. Beer man. Beer man. You clock with the jocks and make turds with the nerds. You got gawks. Oh, snap. You got gawks. You know, you are the atom of the mind. Want to get some Eve? Beer man, when were you last dooned? into poop I think I talked about this on a previous episode but this is the last time that I was pretty much naked in public was when we went to Cancun because we took over somebody's tickets for Avid Brothers down there he couldn't go because he got ill so we're like yeah let's go do this and (laughs) in his honor while we were down there my brother and I wore a mankini which is essentially a pouch that covers your junk 
there's a tiny little band that goes through your ass crack. And then there's a strip of fabric that goes up to a bow tie. It's basically all I had on at this point. It was very liberating to walk around in public <laughs> like that at, a, at the Hard Rock Resort there. For you, and, because uh, if I was there, I would have basically felt somehow enslaved. Like there was... <laughs> Well, I think it's for me, it's it's part of being a jester. You know, it's like, obviously, I'm not in good shape and showing anything off. So it, it almost makes it that much better. You know, like if you're not in shape at all and you're almost naked in public. For sure. This is one of my one of my favorite parts about this whole thing. Like we're just standing around and talking to people by the pool because obviously we're a hit. We're like almost naked. I'm talking to this one lady and I turn around and realize my pretty much bare ass is right in this dude's face and he's trying to eat his lunch right like there's a table behind me where he and his wife are sitting eating a meal and my ass my hairy fucking out of shape ass is right in his face <laughs> i did feel a little bit bad about that but not too bad because everyone else liked this so what was he uh, you know i didn't see i don't think that was the point though <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dying to know what this guy was. I just want to get the full picture. Was he have pasta? Did he have a fork in his hand? Was this canned food? I can't remember. Oh my god! <laughs> so, you got that naked baby vibe. You like to suck on it, the Milky Way. You got your boom bop that does the two tap. Slow. When were you last dude in the pool? All right, so I was out drinking some beer skis in a parking lot that was on the intercoastal. And this is like, you know, this is like a college summer, right? You're getting back with all your friends and everybody's there, but it starts to wind down. And, you know, the water, the drinking, I wanted to go in. But I was young enough where I didn't want to come home completely soaked. So that my mother would be like, what the F were you up to? Right. You know, because then I get beat. You guys have seen my mother beat me. I mean, sometimes on this, on this uh, podcast, she comes on and starts swinging. So I was dead scared of that. So I was like, I'm just going to dune myself up. Okay. So I kind of went to where it was like, you know, a little bit secluded. It wasn't like right in front of everybody, but apparently there was this other chicky. Who was also, you know, taking care of some other business. She had to probably urinate in the forest over there. So she basically got the full on dune slow, <laughs> pre slow. <Pretty. laughs> uh, and I went in and I just, I, it was the greatest thing ever. You know, there's nothing like swimming naked, I feel, because there's just something terrific about it. Like, yeah. it's, it's amazing how much the swim trunks impede. The truth. Yeah, they do. It's like a it's like a chastity belt. Every six's special guest is Full Salgueo, aka Little Drummer Boy, aka the Miyami Wami, aka Fuckface, and aka the Closer. Faux drums the drums in slow funk pump, and he also slaps the slaps in Fuakata! Both so flow bands that bring the primal to the fire and light it up in smoking style. Stuff it in your pipe, burn it and turn it until it makes you groove and prove it with the moves that boom. Faux is currently rocking a Jesus beard and shoulder length lettuce. It's sick, bro. You look like. How old are you? Uh, I turned 28, like, not that long ago. Exactly like I looked when I was 28. 
He has the Messiah vibes for sure, which makes sense, because he saves the day with beats and treats. He's never without a Skittle or a Snickers, sometimes even a gummy, yummy, yummy, foe, foe. When were you last pooped in the dune? It was a while back, but I mean, I don't really count that as full nudity, but it is still like exposed genitals. <laughs> well, in people's book, that's that's the fullest nudity that you could possibly have. Yeah, it's, it's nudity at that point. Like you get arrested, yeah. it's not like oh, you can't arrest me because I was still wearing a shirt. It's like you, no, however brief, it's still public nudity. Uh, I was at, like I was at the train rail station with my mom. We were waiting to pick someone up from from the train station that was coming down, and I really had to go to the bathroom. So she was like, "Just go outside in the bushes right there. It's like 11 p.m. at night. No one's no one's here. No one's going to see you." I'm like, "All right, fine, whatever." So I go, I go to the bush, whatever, that's like between like, like the tree and the parking space, whatever. The moment I pulled it out and started peeing, a transportation shuttle bus from the, <laughs> <laughs> from the train station was like driving out full of people. And I was like, oh, wow. How's that for timing? Well, that's the funniest thing is that uh, there isn't one time I've been to a tri-rail where I haven't seen something very similar. In fact, that's, that's quite the pain. I mean, I would I would take that over what I've seen. I mean, I've seen a bum take a shit into a cup and then just kick it into the bushes. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. That guy's fucking money, dude. That's me. I'm I'm the Jesus from Big Lebowski, except without the pederast part. Well, listen, all I'm saying about the dude, and listen, I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to get into his personal politics, who he is as a person. His fucking uh-huh. role, brother, is fucking <laughs> beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He takes his game seriously. And yeah. that's what I want, man. I'm not there to drink beers. I'm not there to eat a hot dog, brother. I'm there to roll. <laughs> yeah, but you never see him bowl in the movie. You don't have to, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know he abides, so... Funny thing about that movie, that's what made me get hooked on white Russians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty much me too. Before that, but then like I watched the movie and I was like, okay, maybe I want to try that again. And then shortly after, I had to go to the airport and I was like stuck in the bar for a bit. So I ordered oh. one and I was just hooked from there. So now everywhere I go, I have to ask if they do white Russians. But most of the time, the answer is no. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you were going to do a parallel move, right, and you're drinking a white Russian in a bowling alley, and then you said you want that exact experience from the movie. It would have to be an airport. Like there's no other like, you know, sidestep. It's basically like you were in the Lebowski. It's the greatest opportunity in the world to start white Russians in an airport. Now, Fo, here's my question to you then. Obviously, following up, the only logical question could be, when is the last time you met a white Russian person? You ran into somebody, they were a Russian, they were white and you engage with them in some way. I definitely interact with them pretty frequently. There's like a whole community of them down down in South Florida. I used to live next door to one, so I'd like talk to them all the time. I mean, I met like I work with a Ukrainian girl. Does that count, or is that like she's white? And that's well, <laughs> I'd have to pass on to uh, Chef that question. Pretty sure me and Beer Man have absolutely no political knowledge whatsoever. But I believe that there <laughs> is Chef some sort of war going on. Now, would a Ukrainian at this particular time call themselves Russian or no? No. Right? So, Fo, I don't think she counts. (laughs) 
Maybe she was born in Russia and moved to Ukraine. Do you know? Uh, no, actually, I don't. Could you Maybe get her on the <laughs> Get her on the line. What's her email address? Send her the link. <laughs> At this point in the potty, Slow did in fact look up Foe's co-worker, now known as the White Russian, on the interwebs. He was lucky enough to find a cell number, and when she picked up, he led with pointed questions like, Are you a spy? And what is your view of the great Arnold Schwarzenegger? It was indeed confirmed that the current Russian-Ukraine war's root cause is the dividing line between Russia and Ukrainian, which of course makes sense as all wars deal with boundaries, but the fact that Ukraine wants to be sovereign and separate from Russia is indeed what has fueled Russian leadership's moves to conquer the westernmost region of the former Soviet bloc. Oh, you earthlings and your sad lines in the sand. Slow, rather abruptly lost interest in the white rush and continued his previous line of questioning with Chef. Chef, mm, have, you yeah. had, have you ever had a white Russian? I have, I have had a white Russian. Take okay. me to this place where you've had white Russian years ago man and by the way you know assuming that it's rated r or less i don't need any like so i know that white russians can get to a real ugly place <laughs> that could be it. um could be your rated r version or your less of them <laughs> i don't think i have that i have to think back that was during the time that i was trying out drinks you gotta try this white russian blah 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 and so, you know, you end up having drinks that, like, you're not really a fan of, but then, you know, you end up being a fan because you drink it so many times because you think it's, like, the shit or whatever. But then after a while, it's like, you start developing your own taste. So... A lot of a lot of dairy in that drink. That's a heavy... Yeah, too much dairy, dairy for me. Yeah. Yep. I can only do one full-on with the heavy cream. And then if I'm going to continue, I got to have almond milk or something. <laughs> too old. A good way to do it is to use Bailey's instead of, like, coffee Ooh. cream. Yeah, Bailey's, yeah. if you want to have a good one, I don't think it's like the authentic way, but it's the better one. No, that sounds really good, though. I've never tried that. What would that be? Is Bailey Irish? Would it be an Irish Russian or a, um, a white Irish? Yeah. I want you to name it, Foe. I want you to name it right now. I know you can do it. Like, it's still a white yeah. Russian. Like, you can look, look it up and it'll still say, like, white Russian with Bailey's. I mean. So there is, it's, it's kind of like a mule. You know, you can mix around a little bit. You can you can have a little play, and it's still a white Russian. Yeah, yeah. it's like Alicia Keys featuring. You know, you get the featuring <laughs> Bailey's in this case. It's not necessarily a Moscow mule, or like what was that place that we went to where they put sake in it and then they called it a Shogun mule? Oh, oh wow, like it's still a mule, but it's like a Moscow mule instead of a Shogun mule. So instead of a white Russian, yeah, I guess it could be. White Irish or yeah, yeah. I've had that. Uh, I've had a Shogun mule with like blackberries in it. Dude, probably the best mm-hmm. thing I've ever had in my life. Shogun. That sounds like a a Wu Tang song or something. Or <laughs> oh. yeah, Shogun shenanigans. Hey, uh, beer man, can you give us a little Wu Tang while we're here? Just you know, just get it started. Oh, uh, you want some Wu Tang? Yeah, and foe, if you don't mind, if you feel it, you could drop a little beat behind him. I, uh, I'm going with a selection from my favorite Wu-Tang song, which is called Protect Your Neck. Mm. 
Oh, protect your neck, yeah. This is this one is actually featured quite often when, when Zin has a few beers. <laughs> I'm not even kidding around, man. I count you as rap for me begins with Snoopy, ends with Dre. I like to throw in a little DMC. Now I'm actually a big Stormzy guy since our last mm-hmm. pot. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down with that grime, bro. And uh, <laughs> you're you're dead center, dude. You're dead center of my rap universe. I, I, I love your shit. Man. No, I, I'm working on a rap. I'm going to, Beer Man's going to, someday I'm just going to throw down a fucking rap, like out of nowhere. Boom. And you'll be like, yo, yo, who that? I'll be like, Beer Man. That's yeah, the Beer Man original. You have anything, any kind of teaser you can give us on this rap? Is it what it's about? Uh, well, I mean, generally rap is just about how hardcore you are. <laughs> That's true. So, All right. yeah. All right. So, uh, you guys ready or what? Where's the phone disappear? Yeah, we got we got percussion on this. I grab uh, I grab some more beer and I grab some cheeses. Nice, yeah. very good. Jeff, you don't have a bass, do you? No, I need an acoustic bass. Yeah, okay, because like really, the only rhythm in this song it's it's a bass, uh, a half step. That's all it is. It's like boom. Bong. That's all it is, yeah. All right. We'll do that another time. But here, I'll, I'll throw this down. I'll do the bong. Okay, Clay coming at you. Watch your step, kid. Watch your step, kid. Watch your step, kid. I smoke on the mic like smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser. Raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So, uh, TikTok, keep ticking. When I get to flip off the shit, I'm kicking. Lone Ranger, go red with the danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip charts apart. The vandal, too hot to handle your battle. You're saying goodbye like Kevin Campbell. Roughneck, inspect the decks on the set. The rebel, I make more noise than heavy metal. The way I make the crowd go wild, sit back, relax, won't smile. Ray got it going on, pal. Call me the rap assassinator. Rhymes rugged and built like Schwarzenegger. And I'm going to get mad deep like a threat. Blow up your project, then take all your assets. Cause I came to shake the frame in half with the thoughts that bomb shit like man. So if you want to try to flip, go flip on the next man. Cause I grabbed the clip and hit you with 16 shots and more. I got going to war with. Nah, I kind of fucked it up there, but. Yeah, no, I was good. Yeah, look at Damn. Thank you. Um, what the fuck's you. up, Denny's? Yeah. <laughs> I was actually tearing up for a little bit there. Right in the, when you were talking about uh, how hardcore you were. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> better protect yeah. your neck. Yeah, you must protect your neck. You must protect your neck. Yeah. Oh, did we ever get that Gangstar DWYCK down, or was that the one that didn't record when we were in, in the Yaddle? Beer Man was referring to Slow and Beer Man's recent Seattle trip, where they wondered the Pacific Northwest blacktops getting raw footage for a project neither of them has yet to fully realize. The only two things that are on lock is that it will feature Beer Man's rap stylings, and it's gonna be blap as fuck! Slow let the cam roll liberally on Beer Man's full-on rap attack and stinging boogie. Often zooming in on Beer Man's bulging bing. Beer Man goes by MC Sasquatch in the rap circuit and often drops stanzas about being just like Danza, only taller minus the tap plus the rap. Like Samson, MC Sasquatch lets it grow and flow in order to get his strongest lips and dips. His muff puff is forever untamed. This, like Danza, is oft mentioned in his spits. In fact, MC Sasquatch's biggest hit so far is Muff Puffin. 
and it's currently climbing the college radio charts. Any hoopy, Beer Man circled back to his Wu-Tang selection. I can just listen to that song on repeat yeah. for probably like 20 good go-rounds. Love that I, shit. I saw Wu-Tang in Riot Fest. That was dope. Uh, lucky. Outdoor. Awesome. Yeah. It was right before right before Slayer. What do you think of uh, rap outdoors? Do you think it works at all? Um, it depends. I think I think it depends. If you have a DJ out there, it could work. If you have a live band, even better. Right. That's my, um, that's my point. If you're gonna play out outside, you're not in the house. We're not doing house here. Please, like you know, there was Nelly. Remember Nelly? It's getting high here. <laughs> that guy traveled around with a band and that was a hell of a live show like there's nothing better than a great like the yeah. roots the- I mean uh, look at the uh, the juvenile um, tiny desk that shit was fire yeah baby but, like that that was amazing like that hey, pump. let's go pump you were talking about rappers that pick up a guitar did you ever have uh, or listen to the Wyclef Jean album the carnival no, after he raped Haiti, I kind of lost. <laughs> oh, wow. he did rape Haiti? Yeah. Did he? Oh, wow! I didn't hear about that. Yeah, after yeah. the earthquake. Yeah, after the earthquake, Yikes. he just embezzled millions and millions and millions. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, piece of shit. But, yeah. Yeah, but that's, I guess with, well, listen, we have the same issues with Kid Rock, so I mean, I guess it's fair. So he he yeah. plays he plays some sick guitar. I don't know if I'd call it sick, but he plays guitar on that album, and that's a really good album. Right on, right on. And may I say that was before the days when he was embezzling, as far as I know. He, maybe he was embezzling. Pre embezzled, like John. <laughs> yeah. Deuces. Feeling mad, hostile, ran the apostle. <laughs> From the Russians to the monkeys, when Beer Man goes to number two, it's blubber time. He the editor and chief at gotgogs.com. He sneaks a deke and dunks it like squeak. He the jester who toasts the king. Long ring the bells and long live the bling. Uh, well, I started things off. So beer man doesn't always just drink beer. This is uh, a, a whiskey, but it's a... What? It is a beer-themed whiskey. This is the Jameson IPA whiskey. Wow. It's a... Uh, like aged in craft beer barrels. So. Are you kidding me? Is that a joke? <laughs> yeah, I made the label. <laughs> no, that's the real thing. They also make a, a joke. like a coffee. I don't remember if it's a Guinness one or might be a Guinness one. Coffee, say no but, but tonight my uh, my beer selection is I, I decided to, I wasn't sure when this would be edited and, you know, be hitting the web, but. I decided to do flavored beers because I like I'm seeing all the Oktoberfest stuff now, and I got a a pumpkin one. This is a Lining Kugel's peach one for the end of summer. That's gonna be my next one. Wow. Well, I mean, I feel that the uh, whiskey, if it's truly aged, I mean, I feel in an IPA, I feel it. I mean, would you qualify that as a beer, or is it just a beer tasting thing? No, just because it's got that little bit of beer. I mean, it's like probably 0.01% or something, but you can taste it. And it's an, I've discovered it's a nice whiskey to use. Uh, I like gimmicky drinks. So one thing I did last night, I bit the top off of a cordial cherry and I threw it in and it like, not only did it soak up the whiskey, but the cherry chocolate went 
into the whiskey flavor like as well and blended so i've been doing stuff like that the other night too i did uh like sliced peaches in here and i put the whiskey on it so then by the end when you're done drinking the whiskey you got some delicious peach slices i was just actually uh playing that song the other day for some reason i can't even remember but it's peaches. Uh, going to the country what are those guys up to that's what i want to because I figured um, I was a young kid when I first heard of them, and I actually thought that they had political aspirations, that at some point the presidents of the United States of America, one of them would run and win and take office and lead us. Yeah, um, that's true. It's a very the, foreshadowing name. They're probably the ex-presidents of the United States of America now. <laughs> I did see out in Seattle, I saw the lead singer from that band. He had started a, like he was doing kids music because he ended oh, up nice. having kids. And it was pretty good stuff. We ended up buying one of them. I mean, when you go to see like a kids music concert, though, it's never quite what you're looking for out of a concert. But yeah, it was a good time. Because <laughs> you can't do a blunt in third row. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Let's go around. Fo, you first. Uh, it's blubber time. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Golden Monkey from Victory Brewing. Ooh. Oh, I should get a beer. It's a Belgian triple with added spice, and it is nine and a half percent alcohol. Wow! So they're pretty. They're pretty strong. I first tried these at a brass tab when I was playing a show once, and Sophia got it first, and I tried it, and it was like really good. So I went and got one myself. I had maybe I was on my third one when we started the set, and I was definitely starting to feel a little woozy. And I was like, okay, I wonder how strong that that beer was. <laughs> And uh, you know, if, if you want to, if you want a light buzz without having to drink too much, it's a good, it's a good beer. How many brass monkeys would you say you can pound at the nine percent? And we'll just, we'll do the math in our own to calculate it to regular beers. But before you would say, I don't even, I can't even drum anymore. I will not take the stage. It's now over for me. Is there a limit for you? Depends. I mean, is it, if it's the brass monkey, it's the Funky monkey, the chunky funky monkey. No? Oh, well. <laughs> there we go. Someone got Five? I'd say like, yeah, probably four or five is like where I'm like tapped out. You know, I'll wake up the next morning like, what happened? Well, that's Maybe. funny because in the L.A. tour, I kind of specifically remember you were six in before we ever even took a show. Well, but those weren't golden monkeys, though, or brass monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Those were not brass monkeys. Those were like some fruity uh, blood orange oh, beer that was really good. It was, it was, was a blood orange Saison beer, man. You would have been in love. Ah, I don't always love the Saison. It's got to be specific for me. Really? I just love saying it. That's a great word, yeah. I would have liked this one, though. It went Ooh. down pretty easy. I'm mildly allergic to blood orange, but... Probably not enough that a beer would set it off. That's heartbreaking. You can take my word for it. I don't love blood arms. <laughs> it, was, it was somewhere in Colorado, so you probably won't find it anyways. Yeah, well, right. I mean, basically every morning, uh, kind of like Rocky, minus the eggs, I just bite into three big, huge blood oranges and I eat them. I just peel off like, just enough for my get my mouth in. And I basically bite into it, and then I suck it dry. Three of them in a row, just like <laughs> rock. Hey, do your thing, man. That's a lot of good vitamins, I'm sure. All right, Fo. What was your last uh, live show that you weren't playing at? We know you're a world class drummer. We'll get into that shortly. 
But uh, what was the last show that you were at and you were completely baked? And completely baked. I've been out of town a lot this summer, do, like doing a lot of work-related stuff. Yeah, you know, I heard that you uh, you basically went on, you, you were the sound guy for a uh, traveling band camp. Yeah. And, and obviously the first question I needed to ask is what was the weirdest adolescent sexual act that you witnessed on this thing? Because I know you couldn't have avoided it even if you tried. Um, actually I was pretty good at avoiding it. I kind of like just stayed away from most of the membership of that. And you I was just kind of, you know, hanging out. Any bare ass running down the hallways trying to get away. No, <laughs> no, at least not, not this time. Like back when I was a member of it, you know, maybe something like that would, would occasionally happen, but well, I bet. you're a handsome man. Now here's the next question expressed as a percentage. How many of these band camp members do you think were probably doing something sexual to themselves with their instrument? Um, probably, probably none of them just because <laughs> the instruments do get pretty dirty and I, I wouldn't even want to do that. That so. would be bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to have sex with the drums, right? Like you just think there was something that had to happen. How would you do that? Would you bang the drum or would you just use the drumsticks? Because that's the easy way. You would just like somehow do yourself with a drumstick. Mm, like chopsticks kind of? Yeah, like a chopsticks, you know, whatever. A, a chopstick job. Chop uh, <laughs> job. I don't know. That's, I, is that a kink? Kind of? Could that be? Like a, <laughs> I've seen be. weird ass, like, yeah, weird shows on like Lifetime that, yeah, it could probably be. <laughs> As a quick uh, update on, on that, you could you bring up something from the last uh, couple uh, episodes ago. There was this conversation we had, Chef, and Fo, I'll catch you up real quick. It was about Kid Rock, and for the most part, everybody just shit on this guy, right? <laughs> and I was basically like, hey, it was the uh, WB episode. I held out, right? And I wanted to see, because much like Elvis, I feel when a guy who's a crooner or a rapper, if they play guitar, they get my respect. And I don't know why that is, but it just is. I don't know how I can explain it, but I just, I, I, I admire that. Like you could do it one way. You could be a slacker, but you decided to pick it up and you decided to jam it. Okay. So I'm watching, I'm watching this Axis TV thing and this Kid Rock special comes up. Maybe from a couple years ago. And I'm watching it and he's in Memphis. Oddly enough, because the whole theory comes from my Elvis beliefs. And he's in Memphis. He's going to play at uh, this museum of Elvis's cars. And he comes out and he's jamming. He's talking about stuff. And then he starts playing with the band. And he's doing the Kid Rock thing. And they break away after the first commercial segment. And here it comes, everybody. He comes back in. He's got an acoustic guitar in his hand and with a, you know, a kickdown band, like in a room, this isn't the actual concert. This is like a behind the scenes vibe. He leads in to an acoustic number that made my wiener move. <laughs> kid effing rock. And I'm, I'm, I'm team kid rock now. I'm team Dude, kid he, rock. He totally... 
But at this point, it may behoove us to dive deeper into Slow's guitar first theory. Slow thinks pianos, the other historical rock songwriting piece, are cute. But come on, only the guitar can deliver the proper grit, bend, and sting to pierce deep into the heart and sting the soul. The shadows and the buzz and the aura of the electric guitar can only improve every known song and songwriter on the planet, uh, according to Slow. Those, like Elvis Presley, who choose to put the time, effort, and pain into becoming a guitar player rank supreme in Slow's mind. They could have simply crooned into the microphone and settled with being a majestic songbird of a generation, but instead chose to better themselves and their craft with the six-string Sigma genius that is the electric guitar. To slow a song or a songwriter without a guitar is like a bird without wings. Cute and pleasant, but motionless and stagnant. Let the guitar forever dig and burn and rise and resurrect the roar. Chef, however, had an alternate take. Kid Rock, piece of shit. (laughs) Kid Rock is ta mierda. I knew yeah. you were going to say that, Chef, but I, I still needed to... I needed to get it off my chest. I, it, it felt so... I'm kind of proud of the kid. How he, how he took two songs, mashed them together, and they're both just copies of something else, you know? He's like, I'm going to put the sounds of uh, Werewolves London or whatever, and I'm going to put that with that Sweet Home Alabama song, and I'm just going to call it my own. <laughs> that was terrible. And we all know that. <laughs> But we're not here to highlight everybody's massive mistakes that they've made. <laughs> Dave Letterman was, uh, I remember seeing Kid Rock on Dave Letterman does that number. And Dave Letterman never really held back, didn't have a ton of filter. <laughs> pissed off more people <laughs> than anybody, I think. Is there another, that's a good question for the group. Is there another song that, based on pure musical value pissed everybody like just everybody just disliked what they did why they did it the whole nine yards the whole concept of the song sucked i got one for you right now i don't know what it is about this song i hate that song holla back girl <laughs> like every time i hear that song i'm just like oh it's like steel wool funny because you, you you still hear it pretty often these days like i was yeah. on the streets the other day and some guy just had it on his phone on speaker just full blast while he was walking past me. I was like, all right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that that is the point for me where Gwen Stefani jumped the shark. Mm. It wasn't the uh, cultural appropriation of a Japanese uh, culture. Oh, I never heard about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. How did she do Japanese culture? It was, uh, I think it was like her first video as a solo artist. I forgot what song it was. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, come on. That was the, what, 90s? No, that was like 10 years ago. People weren't even woke 10 years ago. That's a kind of a newer phenomenon, I think. People look for an excuse to get offended. Yeah, and everybody's talking about that stuff like they happened five years ago. You know, it was a different time back then. I'm like, no. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What is a hollaback girl, though, Chef? You wouldn't know. Oh, I wouldn't know. I'm, I'm guessing... Uh... Yeah, I don't know what a hollaback girl is. What is a hollaback girl? Oh, nice. I want to take a guess here before we get the official story. I think a hollaback girl is like when a dude makes a booty call, he's like, oh, hootie hoo. And if if a girl hollas back, she's ready for, she's a, she's an e-girl. She's following, coming after the D. Uh, Oh, and she's answering the you up call? Maybe. That's my guess. So basically it's like DTF. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the attitude of the song makes it seem like she's not going to go back to the guy. Yeah, I ain't. Girl, she's, she is not a hollaback girl. That's All what right. she's saying. Oh, she's not. Although she's using a double negative, so she's kind of saying she is, but she's saying she I is. Ain't, yeah, I ain't no hollaback girl. So just saying it, it's like steel wool in my soul. I think he's on the right track. The most commonly accepted meaning is that a hollaback girl responds positively to the cat calls or hollers of men. <gasps> but it might mean to Stefani that she would rather take the initiative and step it up. I don't know. Ah. Oh, like she's the one that's hollering, not him. Or maybe she's, I don't know. <laughs> well, honestly, I feel like we've talked about this too long. What are your guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Of, this really gets under your skin. Well, it, uh, uh, it's, a, it's one of those songs. Yeah. I'll change the station. I'm not listening to that shit. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know if I have. I mean, I'm sure I have a song like that where I'm like, oh, I think that. Holla back, girl, esta mierda. Um, yeah, I Um, I don't know if I have. Uh, I can't even think right now because I just I don't. What about you, Radio or anything like that. I'm also drawn to. I mean, I'm receptive to most songs. I mean, I feel like the last clear memory I have of me really despising a song was that Friday song that came out when I was in high school. No, yes. Friday, Friday. Lot that that song. That's awful, I'm with you on that one. Like hating a song. That's like just a, a total zoom into what America can be. It's like if your dad has money and he wants to put a song out for you. <laughs> All right. Is that what? It just sort of came out of nowhere for me. I was like, what is this? And it blew up. It's, wow. it's an awful song. Like there's nothing there, there's no substance. I think it's a type of song that I hate. I guess the the, the new Nickelback is what, like Imagine Dragons or something like that. <laughs> you, you know when like songs come out, like and the the one rock band that like all popular people like or whatever, and they have that song insert X song. Whenever I hear those kind of songs from those bands, it just fucking gets me. Or it's just like you know that everyone blew up with or blew up over. Chef, how do you feel about Panic at the Disco? They're like one of those, yeah, like Panic at the one Disco. Because okay. they've uh, gotten kind of weird. Like their later songs have gotten sort of, I don't know if experimental is the word, but they're getting a little bit more off the beaten path. You know which one makes me sad? And I really, I can't even name what song they have right now. So uh, when Portugal, the man first came out, like, Ooh, yeah, and this, and this is where I'm like, Chef, real quick, I want to hear what you say about Portugal the Man, but I got to tell you, like right now, you're just listening to my favorite bands in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but you started but with went, Nickelback, and I was right? like, oh, yeah, number one. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, so, and I can't believe you went into Portugal. This is great. All right. So, <laughs> so in Portugal, it's a great song. Out. It's like, oh. uh, uh, what is it? How does it go? I'm on a I'm going to chill like it's 1965. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Like, ugh. Like, <laughs> so when Portugal of Man first came out, they were, they were a little, a little off in a good way. They had post hardcore leanings, but then they had radioheadish leanings a little bit. Like they had all these leanings of things that were like, oh, interesting. Their first album was, was dope. Then like their second or third album was really good. Then I don't know. I, I kind of stopped following them. Then I started hearing the name come up again. And I'm like, oh, cool. People like Portugal of Man now. And then I hear like the song and I'm like, oh, come on, guys. No, you guys were so talented, man. Damn it. You know, you got to go into this pop formula that it's, you know, whenever they repeat 
So the pop formula is like whenever the chorus is, they repeat the same thing, the first beat, then the second beat, then the third beat, they say something different, then the fourth beat, they say the the chorus again. And whenever I hear a song like that, it just fucking pisses me off because I can <laughs> I can predict what's coming next. Ugh, like, no, no. You know, like who could predict that after you say long live America, you're going to come out with a motherfucker. Nobody. Right. Yeah, it's a good yeah. point. FYI, Chef here is referring to Slow's tune, Long Live America, motherfucker. The new anthem for the United States. Maybe Slow should be president of that land they refer to on the boopy as America. I'm an alien from outer space, and I'd consider joining the Union if I could sing that flying bird with my hands steady above my heart. Hashtag American Alien. Jeff, I think you'd really like jazz. I fucking love jazz, man. Jazz. Uh. Oh, oh, I think you would love this band. Look them up. This has like you and Sophia written all over it. Oh, they're called Thank You Scientist. Oh, I know them. Oh, it's so fucking good. They're awesome. They're so good. I saw them open up for, I saw Between the Buried and Me, uh, what, a couple weeks ago in Orlando. And they opened up for them. And I was like, I can't believe I haven't heard them before. They're fucking incredible. Like, like, oh my God, the show they put on was just, I was mesmerized. I was like, holy shit. So it's one guitarist, one bassist, drummer, singer, and then a a sax player, a trumpet player, and a violinist. Yeah, the violinist is, like, really nice. Out of hand. And they're, so they're a mixture of, like, their prog, so they got some metal prog in there, but then they also have, like, the singer sounds like Coheed. He sounds like Claudio. I was thinking Coheed and Cambria, and I was like, okay, the best way to describe it to somebody, for me, at least, if they knew the bands I knew, I guess, would be, like, like, if Coheed and Cambria played with Snarky Puppy, and, like, Narky puppy, yeah, like that. You cannot predict bands like that. That's what I like. I like music that I can't predict. If I was to chime in, the only thing that actually pisses me off of music is having a violence. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, scientists. I'm already just crossing off the list. I will not be Googling. (laughs) I got a friend who's like, that was saxophone. Yeah, if I could predict that there's going to be a violin in it, I want to fucking shit the bed. That's what I want. <laughs> is that like your favorite instrument? Is that like the one you despise the most? Well, I constantly hear them always trying to, you know, on the on the social medias. Somebody trying to take like, you know, Pink Floyd, and then they're going to play it on a violin. Oh, gonna, yeah, yeah. They take the Eagles and they're going to put it on a violin. And it's kind of like, you know, don't you just take your hands and just scratch across the board in the rhythm of fucking... <laughs> Whatever rock song you want to choose. Have you ever seen someone do something like that with an automaton? With like one of these things? Is that a dildo? Put that down. (laughs) Is it a butt plug? For those of you who like slow may not have known what an automaton is, let me digress. It's a plastic contraption in the shape of a musical note, or as Beer Man says, a butt plug that can be played as an instrument. Resembling a child's toy, the long wing of the musical note design is for show. The long stem 
Make your own jokes. That extends down from the wing, works like a guitar fretboard that can be fingered. Make your own jokes. To create different notes depending on position, make your own jokes. The user can then, if desired, squeeze the bottom ball-shaped part of the music note design. Make your own jokes. That is painted and designed to look like a smiley face. To lip-sync the song while simultaneously accentuating and accenting notes as desired. It's obnoxious, robotic music at its worst. And that's coming from an alien with thousands of light years of advanced technology beyond what exists on the booby talking. It can be witnessed here. Anywho, back to the potty. See this stuff. This is... Play it? Can you play what that is? What is that? Is that an instrument? Yeah, it's like, okay. Uh, name a song. Just name any song. Name any song. All right. Uh, let me... Can I do this? I really want to be able to name a song before anybody else... I mean, I think, I'm hoping that there's a cover of this song on this instrument. But yeah, just start naming a song. Hopefully I can find right. one. Um, Sweet Home Alabama. Let's do it. Oh, that one, that, one has to have. <laughs> that one has to have an automaton cover. Hey, Pump, uh, there's, I have a challenge for you. There's a tool song that has a violin. Oh, by the way, the other thing that pisses me off is anything by tool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I was thinking about tool the other day, and, um, and I was thinking about the movie Tenet. Mm. <laughs> so... Obviously, you know, Oppenheimer, good shit. But Tenet, it felt like he was way too up his ass, where it was like way too convoluted, way too up into like his Nolan nest. He could have had a writing partner next time. So, uh, back it up. And I feel like yeah. Tool, Tool has been that since 10,000 Days. No, I don't talk shit about that album. I love listen, that Listen, I like 10,000 right Days. Listen, I love 10,000 Days, but I feel like. I feel like their zenith was Enema because Enema had like a few long songs where they, where they kind of divulged into their thing, right? Mm-hmm. But what was the next one? Lateralis. Lateralis had, had some great shit, right? But there is a lot of fucking like songs that could have been six minutes were 11. And after a while, it's like I could only take so much of like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> like listen, I love tool. I fucking love tool, right? Ten thousand days, they went full in there, and then Fear Inoculum has has great shit too. But they just said fuck it, and on top of that, we're gonna take one of our old songs. We're gonna take Opiate, and it was only five minutes. Let's make that shit eleven minutes long. Maynard said that. You know, sometimes we're assholes and like, you know, I want my thing in the song and I want this in the song and we take forever. Right. So like they know it when they walk in there and now mind you, it's it's I've seen them three times. You know, some of the best shows I've seen. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Danny Carey is I mean, come on. He's a legend. Oh, yeah. uh, Backwards fandom mentality, though. It's like, oh, like your songs are too long. Like, give me less. Like, I don't know. I, I love that. I'll listen to all 11 minutes of every song on, on repeat. I will yeah. too. Like, my favorite Tool song is Third Eye, and Third Eye is 15 minutes long or 12 or whatever. A whole album of it, throw in a hooker with a penis. That shit was three minutes long. Fucking woo, right? Dream Theater has a 25 minute song, and I love it. Mm. It's pieces. If you read like the notes or whatever, it's like scene one, scene two, scene three, or whatever. But it takes you on a journey. It's like a, a musical movie. Yeah. Um, I feel like the last couple of two albums is Tenet, and I'm just waiting for that Oppenheimer. That Oppenheimer's coming next. <laughs> There's riffs that build up to something, and then you have color that goes on top of it. Mm. And then there's riffs that are like, oh, it's good, but it's 
they're just playing it for five minutes. Now, Fo, I will let, give you the final word as the guest. You can go ahead and tell us why Tool is so awesome. <laughs> why they're so awesome? It's definitely, I mean, as a drummer, I have to say Danny Carey. Yeah. What does he do as a drummer that is, you know, bringing something new to the game? On top of, um, you know, like writing a lot of grooves and odd time signatures that work for the songs that are being written, he's also doing like a lot of polyrhythms and the way he moves it across different drums and different surfaces adds a lot of, you know, different kind of colors and textures to the stuff that's being played behind him. And I think not necessarily that he makes the band, but that... Like the combination, no, but like the combination of the music and lyrics that are being written around what he plays, it's like a bagged lunch. You know, you have the guitar is like the sandwich, and then the lyrics are like the the you know your sliced apples or something. He's like the nicely done Ziploc bag that presents the whole package together. You know what I mean? He's like the Lebowski rug. He ties the whole thing together. <laughs> he ties the band together. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Way to bring it full circle. And, and, and I to- and I totally agree with 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 everything Paul says. Slow's mind is consumed with only a handful of thoughts. Leather jackets, Jimmy Carter, beer, pizza, and weed. At this point in the party, slow circle back to Foe's last smoky concert experience. <laughs> All right, so anyway, back to it. You were baked at this show. Go. Uh, I'm trying to think of a show that I've attended that I haven't played at. Are you a Swifty? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I am. I'm a full-on Swifty now. I don't know what happened. I bet. I bet you are. Okay. I, I'm just going to take the easy way out, and I'm just going to assume that I was baked at every live show that I've been to that I wasn't playing at. Okay. Oh, I can't smoke at shows. Why not? I wanted. Uh, I want the high to come from the music. And then, like, usually I listen to angry music, so it won't. And perceived as angry, so it's like I can't get the anger out if like I'm high, right? Because <laughs> I'm way too chill, right? So then, just give me your last show, Bo. I was. Does marching band shows count? Because that was the last thing. No, you bought a ticket. You have to have bought a ticket once to go attend. Oh, okay. Uh, you mentioned buy a ticket, and that made it really easy. Um, I went to go see the Scatolites in downtown Miami a few months ago. I clearly remember buying that ticket because it was like 50 bucks and that was the most that I paid for a ticket in a while. (laughs) What do they do? How does they show? Talk to me me about their show. What do they do? It's like a ska reggae band, but like the band is older than the people that are that than most of the people who are playing in the band because a lot of them were like you know, either related or, you know, or friends of friends as band members left the band and passed on. But it was like a really good, like, reggae band, um, like reggae sky band. If you were to pass by, like, Fort Lauderdale Beach on a random night where there happens to be music there, it would probably sound more or less something like you'd, like you'd hear passing by. Very good. It was in Club Space. Oh, Space. Uh, in, like, their ground level club area, not like, up the stairs, which is where, like, the lit part is. Space sure. hot pots, basically. Wherever you, wherever you can blow weed out third row. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were blowing weed everywhere. It was definitely one of those shows. Now, I got none of that, whatever the hell you were saying, about members leaving. How, where do these guys come from? Are they a touring man? Are they local to Miami? No, they tour. They, they're, like a, they're like one of the biggest 
I guess, like ska reggae bands of their genre. Got you. And there you are like formed. Give me a ballpark where they're formed. I think they're from Europe, at least originally. If it's not, I don't know. If they're not American, they're, they're definitely European. But they, for, they originally formed like back in, I want to say, I'm bad at, I'm, history is like my worst subject. Somewhere around my, like they'd be like my dad's age soon. Shit, they've been active since 1964, dude. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, so like, oh, so they'd be as old as my dad, and not a lot of those members are still with the band. I so got friends, I, either I, friends, I, friends, or friends or family fill in for those spaces, and they're still a pretty big band. I got time. you. Now, is, is that a rule? Like, they have to have blood relative, or could it be somebody just off the street? No, I don't think it's a rule. I think it's just, you know, like when you happen to lose a member, like either someone just can't do it anymore because they just had a kid or like a like dead and company kind of thing god forbid somebody dies i mean like you know they're then it's like hey you know his son or this guy's brother or whatever and like they play guitar you want to hey on that on that note did you see that uh the foo fighters drummer had died and his son played a a show with them i did see that how cool is that it's pretty cool, but I mean, they, they already technically replaced him. I don't know. I saw something on one of the social medias. Uh, yeah, Josh Freese is their new drummer, and he's played with like a bunch of other. Yeah. Um, he's with Nine Inch Nails for a little bit. Nine Inch Nails, Perfect Circle. Yeah, he's played with, with a few bands. Not too shabby of a resume there. I get it and everything, and that's like, you know, the spirit of rock and roll, and we all know that everybody ODs. You know, you're gonna. I can't believe, I can't believe Chef's been around so long. I thought for sure he was. Gonna yeah, on my. Uh, He's the most stable. Social drinking. <laughs> but anyway, my point is, don't you think that was, you know, kind of a little quick? Did it feel a little Tom Brady marries Giselle right after leaving? <laughs> oh shit! Uh, right after leaving, uh, what was her name? Moynihan. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I think they're, you know, they've been together for, you know, 25, 30 years. Um, it, it was obviously like a tragedy or whatever, but. Well, I, it was I, an OD. Don't you think it was an OD? <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, I don't think they released the, um, the, I think the autopsy said he did have like, he had a bunch of like prescription drugs mm. uh, on, on, in his system, but he he actually complained about like heart issues and then oh. that's like when he when he collapsed and and all that like while they were in the hotel or something so know. it said yeah um but i don't i don't think it was quick um i i think at a certain point like you mourn right and they mourned it they they mourned it pretty well you know they did two tribute concerts they they worked with the family on that and at a certain point once you mourn it's like what are you going to do you're going to and i and i I don't know. I've been thinking about this more the older I get, where it's like we have this attachment towards what we thought was the best lineup of XYZ band. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we get either jealous, not jealous, but we get maybe protective or we get like, oh, I liked them. Did you see them when Jason Houston was in the band? Oh, you didn't see Metallica with Burn. It's like, okay, cool. But like, I don't have a time machine and, you know, I, I'm not going to go. Yeah, right. When I was six years old, you know. So, yeah. like, oh, you know, Seth, we, you should have been there. That's why I should have been there. You should have well, been there. Why weren't you there? What was I doing? So, 
You know, I think we we kind of fall in love with this idea of like this was the original lineup, mm-hmm. right? But like once once you go through like morning and stuff, what are you gonna do? You're just gonna sit back and like, you know, not do what you love to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pretend like I give two fucking shits about the original lineup of the Foo Fighters because that other fucking guy in there, I want to punch in the mouth. A little, little other guitarist. <laughs> Although I do feel the I do really feel you on that because when Blink 182 got back together, uh, I was just like, whoa, it's like this is thank you. And I did see him with the with the other guy they had for a little bit. And I was just ah and correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but it was Travis Barker. He wasn't even the original Blink 182 guy, was he? No, he wasn't. Like before they blew up, he filled in for a show because their actual drummer, I think like broke his arm or couldn't make it or something. And he like learned all the songs and hopped up. And it was like after that show where like, you know, Blink-182 really took off and blew up. And I got you. really lucky to be there at the right place at the right time. And so, yeah. and so that's the thing. It's like, yeah, I can see where Chef's coming from. It's like sometimes like even what you thought is, was the original, like in your mind, my James Bond is not my dad's James Bond kind of thing. Yeah. That that trio will forever be like the best rendition of Blink One Eighty Two, but it's also like technically not the original. Yes, yeah. And then the, even um, what's it called uh, with Nirvana? Dave Grohl wasn't the original drummer, and they had like two or three, four drummers before like Dave Grohl came in, and Dave Grohl. Yeah, came in. that's right. Probably her. either right before they started recording Nevermind. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a different drummer on Bleach. And I think even Pearl Jam is a very similar story to that kind of vibe. Like the guy who was on Pearl Jam's 10, which I think was one of the greatest, you know, drumming performances of all fucking time. That guy, like he left he left the band, just didn't even want to tour. He was just fucking done. I wonder I actually want to know what that guy's up to now. But my thing is like the Foo Fighters, they did like some comedy skits on social media about like a, a drummer coming in. And then it was kind of like a skit performance. It felt like from this situation, you just kind of like bring the new guy in. You don't even you don't even talk about it. It just felt like a little bit too pomp and circumstance. I don't know. But they also like plan these tours out pretty well, pretty well far in advance. So, I mean, to have canceled all those tours and mm-hmm. be those tickets at that point in time might just not have been feasible. So it's like, you know, who's the most professional guy we can bring in to, you know, finish the tour up. And then at least, you know, maybe we consider not booking anything else. After yeah. On top of that, Dave Grohl's mom died after the, the Taylor Hawkins tribute shows. There's a mourning process. He dedicated this album, this new album to both Taylor and to mom. Sometimes the, through, through the grieving process, being busy is the best way to kind of go through it. Mm. Yeah. Um, like what are you gonna do? Just stay home and mope around, you know? Like at a certain you point, you really, you guys are really Foo Fighter apologists, and I gotta tell you, <laughs> rubbing me the wrong way. Snappy, snappy, get that flappy and put on your peppy. That's it for Epi Six. At this point, Slow screeded hard about how he expects more from those that fight Foo and further. That those who fight Foo are not above criticism and or scrutiny on all things foo and not foo. Somewhere in the middle of Slow's ranting and raving, Chef took off his potty headset and secured it to the top of his bass amp. He purposely let the extended mic of the headset lay in front of the speaker as he played the lean boom bass notes of the Foo Fighters, my hero. Slow gradually settled, even commenting on how sexy Chef's slap was. Slow grabbed his guitar and counted Chef out of my hero and into this.
myself into Out of the red, out of the head she sang Sizzling and hot, Durf is served on the one and the two and the three live archive, the award-winning show, and shop till you drop. Slowfunkpump.com. Well, I know I ended up recording those uh, shitty trumpet tracks, brother. 
And I know I told you this when we were in Yaddle, but if I can just close it down once again and say that was the worst trumpet playing. That wasn't even... That sounded more like a broken kazoo at like one of those parties. And you must have been hammered out of your mind. <laughs> no, it's just really out of practice. I think you need to consider possibly going moving to the trombone. Yeah, I do have two of them. You're a very tall man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could pull off the trombone like very few people could. In general, if your instrument is any way bigger than you, you kind of look like a douche. You look like you know, <laughs> the instrument swallowed you. But with the trombone so, and your frame, boom. Yeah. And then think about what your wingspan would be. If you stretch that thing out above you, you'd probably go, what, 12, 12 15 feet? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. 